I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Today is Tuesday, January 26th, the year of our Lord, 2021, and I am a victim of identity theft. (laughs) Explain to me, Joseph. So Nick, the main character, left his hometown for 10 years and went back. I left my hometown 10 years and went back. It takes place in Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts. Correct. His outfits all match outfits that I wore in the time period, which I sent you photos earlier. Yes. Also, the man, oh, Ray, the character, his last name is Cattell, though. That's my wife's, I mean, that's my mom's maiden name. Yeah, that part's very weird. What is going on? Well, I assume that they found you in college. You probably went to college with the writer of the series, Joe. He drove a Pontiac in the show. I drove a Pontiac in the show (laughs) at this time. So 2007, you are, I'm going to get uh, senior in high school college. going into freshman. Okay. College. I was going to say freshman in college. So, I mean, are, do you have any affiliation with the person that wrote the show? So the person who wrote this show went to BU. Okay. He's older. So I don't think our, we crossed paths, but I don't know. I was kind of a big deal at the time. This is, <laughs> this is the piece. <laughs> Of Joe, so like he might have got a whiff of me, like in the underlings of like MySpace early Facebook days. So I'm not quite sure. I feel like this is a common, like, I feel like the attire was very 2007, and this is a common story where like you leave home, you know, with one intention, but you stay away longer than you really wanted to. Like, I feel like the common, I feel like you're in on it. Don't try to defend this. <laughs> You know the truth. Am I Ed TV? Like, I, is that the thing? I like actually get, like, I get a 20 after- cent check every time we talk about October Road, so that's why I picked it. <laughs> Honestly, I watch Ed TV and I could have sworn cameras are following me around for like three months. Oh my God. Or the Jim Carrey one, you know, when like Bruce oh, yeah, Almighty, Truman Show. I love Truman that. Show, when like people are, people are following, like watching him. I'm like, this is real. Like, everything is too. Like I would psych myself out and like like turn around really quick sometimes to see if there's like cameras. I was a weird kid. Oh my gosh. I mean, beyond the fact that they obviously ripped off the Joe Cronin life story, did you enjoy this series? Okay. I first I thought you were like, Oh, we're gonna do the show called October Road. I Googled it really quick, looked at a picture, and I just saw like the cover art and I was like, She's punishing me for doing sci fi. <laughs> But I will tell you, I fucking loved this. Yes. I loved it, loved it, loved it. At yep. first, I saw the cast, and I was like, holy shit, this cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I've never heard I of it. never heard before. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, it was my mission when we talked, when we launched season two of us, it was my mission to find a show. I was like, I got to find, like, another, like, teenage or, like, drama show that I, we've never found before, and I haven't watched because I've covered so many of them. Mm-hmm. Like, the most popular ones, like, I've seen them all. So I think I filled that quota. I I think you did. I fucking love this. It gave me um, Gilmore Girl vibes, but yes, mm-hmm. um, obviously, <laughs> what's his name's in it too? Um, yeah, the guy that play. The, there's a quirk- James Gunn is in it. Yeah, James okay. Gunn is in in both, but he, he's only in the. Um, he he apparently he's in later in the show. He wasn't in this, but I saw him on the IMDb credits. Okay. Um, 
Yes, but, that's probably what, that's probably what you get. But I also understand it because it's like that small town. Everyone's kind of like a little like quirky, and that's kind yeah, of yeah. No one drives a car. Is. Everyone just walks to each other's houses and yeah. in like the center of town and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, but good. it didn't it didn't have the pretentious rich people, and it it was very New England. Even though yes. it was filmed in Georgia, I will say that it did a very good job of representing Massachusetts. Uh, besides the fact that they went over the top naming everything after everything had like an Irish name, the bars, the fucking restaurants, the well, sub shop. I was like, that's enough. I had, I had one small thing and I was going to ask you this because as a Massachusetts man for all your life and I lived there for seven years, why doesn't anyone have a mass or Boston accent in this? The only thing I picked up is at the end of this episode, Hannah says wicked. Yeah. And that's the only hint of, boston or massachusetts it's because our accent is so hard to fake but that's my point like Like, i have a point in this which is why don't they these shows they'll make them very specialty for like mass or the south or places that have like very specific accents like why not put it in like indiana or illinois where it's very like all american like you kind of can't tell the accent like what was the goal of making this set in massachusetts i see the thing is i don't know because the Midwest has some good population in certain areas. Are they going for like large population places that places people would go and visit and yeah, more or common like vacation destinations where like you could go like Dawson's Creek is in North Carolina. Like people go to the what what is it the Outer Banks? But Dawson's stuff. Creek is based in Massachusetts. Dawson's Creek is supposed oh, to be yeah. on oh, Cape Cod. Oh no, it's filmed there. Yeah, that's right. But it's filmed. It so that's it's another. It, that's another example. I mean, when I was young, I never knew one way or the other when I watched that, but technically they should all have Cape accents and none of them do. Yeah. And so same kind of thing here. And I always think like, well, why don't they just make these shows middle America? And then they don't have to worry about somebody. You know, I feel like the only guy who had a slight one was mustache. Uh, Icky Mickey whatever his name was. David. David. His name is David, but they call Icky him. Icky was or... Okay. Yeah. So I'll refer to him as David. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's only because he's wearing a Red Sox hat. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, um, I absolutely loved this. I'm so, so happy we found it. But I, I just found myself wondering. I'm like, why do they do this all the time? Like, it's like kind of like when you're gonna make, like I say, like a Southern show. Like you don't make a Southern show, and nobody has Southern accents, you know? Whatever. Yeah. Um. So you want to give us some background on this? For sure. Um. October Road premiered. March 15th, 2007 on ABC. Uh, It's got a little bit of everything you want from ABC. The drama, comedy, romance, friendship, family, coming home again. Um, It did have two seasons, but only 19 episodes total. So we're not talking about a long series run here. Initially, it had strong ratings in the pilot, but those decreased by the second episode. And to me, it kind of had a... a shitty time slot because it was 10 p.m. on Thursdays, which is Ooh. not. I mean, this wasn't a very racy show. It, it wasn't a nighttime soap opera. That's a very late time slot to have, which is also maybe why we've never really heard of it and why the ratings tapered off because Thursdays That's is late for, yes. this, for this demo. Like yes. kids got to go to school the next day. Uh huh. Exactly. That's. I thought it was very weird that this was the time slot, especially for a show that didn't have like sex or swearing or like anything and in 2007 i mean i think must 
must-see TV was over on Thursdays on NBC. So Thursdays is a nice day for ABC, but a terrible time slot. No, absolutely. That is, you know, like I said, too late for the demo. Yeah. Um, it's something that I found only has 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I take issue with because I really liked this. Um, but Amazon has a 4.7 star rating, which leads me to believe that it must have caught traction years later, like when the mm-hmm. DVDs came out. Yeah. So did you hear about this? They got together as a panel um, at like a con or something. And they were saying that they were going to try to reboot it like seven or eight years ago. I Okay, so when I was doing some research, I did catch wind of that. There was an article I read from, I want to say 2015, where they had mentioned that. Yeah, it was around then. They were making a big push and having people like do write-ins and stuff like that. Okay. Because the cast seemed pretty passionate about keeping it going okay i mean well, gilmore girls did it too speaking of which and 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 theirs was delightful that for like the four seasons they did on netflix i thought that was great um the basic premise of the show you know joe's gonna walk us through it but it follows this character of nick who left for basically a backpacking trip around europe when he was 18 um he's supposed to be away a couple weeks well he ends up staying away 10 years away from his friends his girlfriend his family so the six-week trip turns into 10 years, and in with that time, he writes a novel about the stories of growing up and about things about his friends, which uh, a lot of people get pissed off with back home because it probably doesn't paint them in the most delightful light. But that's kind of where we start in with, this, with the pilot here. And as Joe said, it takes place in Massachusetts in a fictional town called Knight's Ridge. Um, you'll hear him throughout this episode refer to it as the Ridge. The one thing I'm not really sure of is what October Road refers to. I heard Eddie say at one point, don't forget what side of October Road you come from. So maybe it's the street they grew up on. But it it was funny because everyone kept calling it The Ridge. And then, but the show was called October Road. But we don't get a lot of mention of October Road. So I was like, when they call it The Ridge or something like, does October Road mean something else that I just don't know about? I never caught on to that. I thought it just meant because the fall, the foliage. And they always show this road going in the town. It's like, got to be that. It's got to be like north side, south side, because when Eddie said that, maybe they all grew up on a certain like side of town or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, I'm like, maybe October Road is an expression that I don't really know or something. Um, but yeah, basically, that's that's the premise of it. Um, it's got a post that 70 show Lori Prepon, but I don't know how much I was into her being the leading lady. This cast was pretty deep. So the main guy, Brian Greenberg, I'll talk about him. Yeah. Was it? I didn't really, I haven't really known him before or since. One Tree Hill. Uh, That's his uh, claim to fame. If you watch those years. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. My bad. I did watch One Tree Hill. I just don't remember him that much. He was the one that had the baby and he was friends with Peyton when they were in high school. He had like a, yeah. He wasn't just like a big character. That's probably why I forget. Right. Uh, But, uh, Laura Perman, like you said, from that 70s show. They also had Evan Jones, who played Icky. Do you know what Icky's from? No, his face was awfully familiar, but I don't know. Eight Mile. Oh, my God. I haven't seen He's that. He's the one who shoots himself on the leg. Oh, my gosh. He was the most, at least seemed to me, like I said before, the most authentic mass person. Yeah. Jeff uh, Stoltz, who I love. Yeah. But he 
he started off in like really good roles and then did a bunch of shitty like stupid national lampoon comedy type bullshit yeah and you never really could recover from that but i actually like him a lot yeah i do too and you see him in a lot of stuff and he's kind of versatile uh tom berenger who (laughs) i'm so glad you're gonna bring him up like uh, okay you talk about him then i'll say something i loved him in major league yeah i knew Um, you were gonna say that yep yep yep. i love major league so much i probably watch it like twice a year like the series i just i love it so much it just reminds me of my softball team and i because we're all just so bunch of weirdos yeah (laughs) he's so So. good he's in my favorite movie the big chill and the thing with tom berenger is he's almost hard to recognize sometimes because in the 80s he was huge but he has like a drinking problem so he tended to like bloat it up and he got rid of the mustache and stuff so i almost had to do like the double take i'm like is that tom berenger but i got so excited because he's actually a big get like i was like pumped when i thought he was on the cast here yeah he's a he used to be such a handsome yes guy. he was almost like a tom Selleck looking yeah do you did you notice who his who the main character nick's like side guy was it was bill bellamy he was huge comedian in the 90s wait a minute oh my god i did not recognize him yep the one yep. who always pulled up in a limo yep. yep yeah bill bellamy crazy yeah uh, that was like the big ones that like really stood out to me where I'm like, okay, I know you, I know you, I know you. Some other people I've seen in a few other things. Like uh, like I the mean, shut-in, he had a recognizable face. Um, the heavyset friend, don't ask He's me. been in a few things. He's in Orange and the New Black. Yes. So I kept looking at him. I'm like, who the hell is that? But in Orange and the New Black, he's got like a beard. So sometimes when people yeah. shave their face, it's like, but then I, um, I read the name and it like, brought me back to it but also 14 years ago yeah i feel like every person even the girl who played aubrey i was like i know who she is and i'm like thinking and i look up her name. yeah she has a very her name's audette annabelle yeah she Um, was in that remember that movie with Kristen bell um like me again or something like that it's called you again you again yeah 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 she's also in cloverfield okay oh which was big uh she was in a uh supergirl which is big on the, the you know CB. Um, she also like bears resemblance to um, who was the one on Friday Night Lights? And this is all around that same time period. I feel like there were some of them that look alike. Like Leighton Meester kind of looks like her, and like there's some of them that all were out at the same time. Yeah, they and look alike. They all like intermesh. They have this like dark complexion. Yeah, like early um. Wonder Woman looking type girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What did you think about Lori Prepon being the leading lady? I was extremely hesitant because <sighs> I I could only see her with the hair. So, you know, she was in that 70s show. She's in Orange and the New Black. Uh, fun facts about her. Due to the seven inch height difference between her and Mia Kunis, mm-hmm. uh, they're often filmed sitting down so they could appear in frame together. At times, Mia had to wear like four inch platforms. Oh, if they were yeah. doing like a stand-up scene. Yeah. She's a natural redhead, yep. uh, despite common misconception. Uh, she stated in an interview that she dyes her hair black and orange is the new black um, to give her character a more rockabilly look. Uh, but she is a natural redhead. And she's a Scientologist. So I'll reserve that my comments like. about that. But um, to me, she's always kind of tough. And I expected the leading lady of this particular story to be a little more like demure if that makes sense no you needed her to be tough because nick wrote a bunch of shit about her yeah so she needed to, you needed to be able to stand her ground 
So Nick Garrett um, is played by By uh, Brian Greenberg. He's in One Tree Hill, How to Make It America, Mindy Project. Uh, Brian loves the Olympics and considers it a factor that makes him more competitive. He was once a big fan of the band Oasis. I could totally see that. Yep, that makes um, perfect sense. <laughs> in 2007, he released his debut album, Waiting for Now, and he toured with Gavin DeGraw. He kind of reminds me of Gavin DeGraw. And the last guy I did uh, was Jeff Stoltz. Uh, you know, I like him. Mm-hmm. He's a seventh heaven. She's out of my league. Wedding Crashers. Um, his character's brother in Seventh Heaven is played by his real George. life brother. I was just going to say that is George Stoltz's brother because they look alike. Yeah. Yeah, they live with they they live with each other for like a very long time, and they would go to auditions for the same parts together. Yeah, I could see because I knew they played brothers in that show too. Okay. He played fun. professional football in Austria. Oh wow! So and, was it soccer uh, then? Was it soccer then? No, like actual football. Football. Oh okay, okay. He's a wide receiver. Um, Jeff named his dog Walter P. Sherman after his character in The Finder. So The Finder was a Bone spinoff, which he was oh. supposed to be the main character. So maybe we'll do that one day. Oh, we should. Yeah. Yeah, I never watched Bones either. Me either. Mm-mm. Um, okay, cool. Fun facts. I love that. And of course, I we said our little piece about Tom Berenger, who is just absolutely carrying the show. <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> he goes <laughs> he goes to Comic-Cons and stuff, and I really want to go meet him because I want to get like a major league thing signed because I fucking love those movies. I want the big chill. Oh, you don't even know. Um, but like I literally wrote as soon as you appear on the go, oh, shit. <laughs> I got excited because we've been seeing so many things of like the early aughts where it's it's kind of like the teenagers we used to watch were the parents and here he's not of that generation he's even older so I was like kind of impressed at the caliber they got you know what I yeah. mean mm-hmm. okay cool so um live watch so it opens at Night Ridge in 1997 Eddie barges in on Nick and Hannah uh, who had just obviously done the deed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in pitching a window company um, <laughs> out of nowhere. And I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? So I, I said, <laughs> I laughed to myself so hard because I was like, I guess he never got into the window business. And like, what was that about? Was that a popular thing in the 90s to like go into the window business? That's the most Massachusetts thing ever. You want to start a construction <laughs> company. You want to start you know landscaping business you want to work on windows you want to work on shit like that's the most massachusetts thing ever it seems like such a niche market that you wouldn't like like at least two windows and doors maybe like he's like we gotta get that window business well, going like a company called the window boys and they have like this jingle and it's on air 24 7 that's just I, I i was i giggled right out loud because i was like what <laughs> but okay so it's, uh, you know, everyone starts getting ready and they're getting ready to say goodbye to Nick as he's going to go backpacking through Europe. And why is the vignette on the camera so high? Like, I can tell, you can just tell me it's the 90s. You don't have to make it seem like a dream. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be, yeah, it's exactly like, it's supposed to be like, and it was shot in the 90s. And they gave, did you notice Laurie Prepon was wearing those two, when you, we used to wear those, um, rubber bracelets where you would like entangle them them. yeah but i was like so like fine you know what i thought was really interesting i was like 
at least they did the backstory because sometimes they'll do like in shows like this they'll do the cold open where it's like the journey starts you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it, it, it would have been easy for him to start, like, in the apartment in New York and go from there. But at least they gave us that little bit. And, like, even her line about, oh, my aunt's still waiting with her shawl for whoever to come back, like, you know, 20 years later. Like, it's like, obviously, his ass isn't coming back from this backpacking trip. Yeah, but they didn't know that all the time. All his friends go out on the front lawn. They start playing uh, instruments like air guitar and stuff like that. <laughs> and throw his tennis racket, which is like his air guitar. Yeah, this guy, Ray, pulls up um, and tells Hannah that he will keep her company while Nick is gone. And he has got um raper face and a creepo haircut. Okay. I've never seen him with long hair, that actor. I don't even think we mentioned them in the beginning. We didn't. We didn't. We, we like, lazed over He's him. another actor that, like, I like. I enjoy yeah. his, his roles. And he... Um, and he is handsome, but he looked creepy in that it was so weird with hair i did not like it and it was His they were doing that like Christy. stringy orange yeah. like that 90s like stringy hair it was like gross the part in the middle yeah yeah Ugh. so he you know goes off uh the car pulls away cut to 10 years later in new york city uh nick is having massive writer writer's block to follow up his famous novel that he put out his agent calls him and tell him that he's been offered an opportunity to teach a one-day course at to fresney college um, he's hesitant which is in his hometown yeah he's hesitant and because it's in his hometown he hasn't been back since he left 10 years, years ago. ago i i there's one thing i never understand about these stories this is a very common storyline right but how do you never go back in 10 years like you don't go for thanksgiving christmas like you, you basically how do you not go pick up shit like how do you start a whole new life with the, i got shit at home i got clothes yeah like it's so bizarre to me to never go back for a Christmas, like a holiday of any kind. It's so weird when they do. And it's not like, it's not like mass in New York city. They are four hours apart. We're not mm-hmm. talking like somebody lived in California and somebody else lived in like Florida. Yeah, like, Vancouver <laughs> in Miami. Right. It's so weird. So I, so, I find that weird, but you know, Nick's just, mulling it over and he decides to visit his old apartment where he wrote the book. Um, he goes there. The woman that lives there um, says that he could come and write there if he wants. Um, and he feels like invigorated by that, by her offering. She, she gives says him like, like a nice little like speech. Like a, she says yeah, something, something her of... mother told her that if you never go back to the place where you found success or something like that. Yeah. I, it was like a mood point. Um, did you notice? And... Did you notice all the great 90s music, though, Joe, as these like little like spiels are going? wait till just just wait okay i thought this was their i thought this was the collective soul part yeah this this there's so much good music i'm gonna start belting out yeah i was like I i'm like wow they must have had a hell of a music budget for this show for real skis um or abc must own like partial owner record company that had all this music yeah this is promote artists back in the day yeah 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 uh so he decides to take the job offer he drives all the way to his old town and he's seeing all these cataldo builder sign and i'm like that's my mom's main name what the fuck is going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like things are starting to pop up in my head um nick goes to visit his old house first he gets there it's kind of dilapidated it's missing shingles and shutters nick runs into a little kid who says that it's haunted yeah, he said uh, Boo Radley lives there, which is a nod to Grapes of Wrath. No, 
No, we're kill a mockingbird. Kill a mockingbird. Oh my god, we're both dumbasses. I didn't read either of those. So. Oh, oh, I didn't read Graves Red. I read To Kill a Mockingbird. You know the other thing the kid says, and I don't what? know if you're gonna pick up on this either. If you weren't like a big like novel reader, he said something like he's the Lenny to my whatever, and he was making a reference to mice and men. Of mice oh, Lenny and, men. and George. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. However, he said that. Yeah, because George is. Uh, is like the big goof that kills the the girl at the end because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's too strong and doesn't know any better and yeah, he comes like strength. big dumb fat kid behind him yeah with the kid so. but that's where i was like right at that moment i was like oh, well this has got to be his kid because this kid keeps talking about novels and he's a writer and it's like <laughs> smart, like smart like way too smart to be there yeah he calls up his friend owen they meet at a coffee shop uh owen brings his family they he's like introduced to all of them he starts apologizing to him about how he's portrayed in the book owen is totally cool with it because he's hardly mentioned in the book we start to get the gut feeling that he hasn't been back because of what he's written about he only what? wrote the book i have a question he only wrote the book three years ago he mm-hmm. said at one point and this man is married and has some kind of like decently grown children. So he never went to the wedding or anything like. Yeah. And they were all really, really good friends. I thought that was weird. And I'm like, well, he only wrote the book three years ago. Mm-hmm. It kind of doesn't like the timeline doesn't add up in that part. Why would he be? Why would you just avoid whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the coffee shop, Ray appears, who is uh, apparently really successful and owns that construction company that we saw like a million signs. Big Cat. Um, they call him Big Cat. Big Cat. <laughs> oh, which is also was my nickname for um, softball one year. So Are you shitting weird. me? No, I have a jersey. It says Big Cat 69 on it. The hits just keep on coming. You, they owe you some residuals. Yes, seriously. <laughs> He keeps saying that he says, "Hey Nick, way to take a huge dump on this town." Um, and he's still, and uh, it turns out Ray's like still a scumbag. Yeah, when he goes, like, they're like, "You have two kids," and he's like, "Yeah, I have two boys, so I only have to worry about two penises instead of 7,000. I'm like, "What the fuck kind of shit is that?" Just say? <laughs> yeah, that's the way I I, for, I forgot what he said when I was typing, and I was like, "Yeah, he." That's why I just wrote, "He's still a scumbag." <laughs> Basically. Nick then sees a little kid come through the door to the coffee shop. He goes, "Oh, that's that kid from earlier." And all of a sudden, his friend goes, "Owen goes, oh, you guys met?" He goes, "Yeah, why?" He goes, "Oh, you'll see." And also, <laughs> out of nowhere comes Hannah, and apparently that's her son. Owen um, is like, "I'm gonna remove myself." I mean, the kid's like, "I'm gonna remove myself from the situation," and He's Owen's like, "Yeah, nerd. I'm going with the kid." So see you guys later. So they go to like order something to leave them to talk. Um, Nick catches like a weird vibe while they're talking and asks how old the kid is. Mm-hmm. She says uh, he'll be 10 years in two months. He get, He's like stunned and Hannah says, well, goodbye, good luck. Don't worry, he's not yours. And then leaves. This um, is where I wrote, I'm like, it's his. Yeah, or, sure. or my other thought was when he left, they felt so abandoned that her and Eddie had like a mutual sadness and got together. Mm, that, that, I didn't pick up on that just because I was so on the trail of that's his kid. Yeah. Have you ever seen Forever My Girl? Part. What? Have you ever seen the movie Forever My Girl? No. It's like a, it's a really cute movie, it, but it follows the same premise. And I was like, 
mm, I've seen this done. Like, I feel like it's the same <laughs> vibe, but I did. But those were the two things I thought I said, it's either that obvious because they showed them finishing up sex, like in the very first part of the episode or yeah. like the, her and the roommate kind of like, you know, like, Oh, real sad. He's gone. Like type thing, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah. 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 And shows, uh, Hannah then goes for a drink at a bar, her and her friend, Janet, who's a bartender talk about how Nick is back and Hannah says she feels scared. Next scene they cut to is later in the day, Nick decides to go give the lecture and he gets super overwhelmed. He runs out of the lecture and has a panic attack, like on his knees outside. <laughs> Wait, that's what's ridiculous. He knew he was going to a one day intensive and he didn't like make a PowerPoint or anything. He just had like some scribbled notes on like a wadded up piece of paper in his pocket. I was like, what kind of preparation were you doing for this? Yeah, it's supposed to be an intensive thing, too, which was weird because you're supposed to have, like, everything that goes into writing a novel. So he musters up the courage to go back in, but everyone is is left except for this girl named Aubrey. He jokes and tell her that he has a peanut allergy and that all his family has a peanut allergy. And he's worried that he was having a, a allergic reaction that someone brought peanuts in. He then confesses <laughs> that he can't inspire these kids in the audience. And that's why he left. He's like, I, I have nothing to give. I'm people waiting for answers and I can't give them. Yeah. Like, whatever, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't give them because you used one lined piece of paper with two notes on it for an all-day course. Like, of course you can't. Well, because he didn't really write a novel. He just told the story of his life. Yeah, which was you know called... What I, mean? I, I did, like, the... Uh, it was called Turtles on a, Turtle on a Snare Drum. I was like, Turtle on a Snare Drum. <laughs> like, <laughs> every time I saw it, I kept thinking that. So weird that that's the name. He then visits his friend Phil, which is like, the weirdest, funniest part of this whole episode. Oh, Who hasn't left his house since 9-11. <laughs> He's going to be like everyone now once quarantine's lifted. He's going to be like, nope, I got everything I need here. I got my, my computer. I got my phone. I got my TV. I got my meals delivered. Oh, my God. When he said, haven't you heard? I haven't left the house in five years. I thought it was going to collapse. I'm like, oh, God. This is what we all we all feel like. Like, at that point, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. And now it's like, this is all of us. Yeah. He, uh, he goes... You remember like after 9-11 where everyone then just started going out and acting normal? Nope, not me. <laughs> he would be so, pa- he would like, he's so vitamin C and D deprived. Like he would be so pasty. <laughs> well, Owen then brings over David uh, over to Phil's and David um, goes up to him. He goes, or Icky rather. Uh, I'm going to co- yeah. refer to him as David. Okay. Okay. Uh, he he's like i read the book three times i can't figure out what character i am and he goes dude no character is based off of you in the book which i felt like i felt like that was like such a diss because i'm like well weren't they all tight what is he the one that everybody hates they're like i don't get that yeah i was trying to figure out why he was left out um and then they decide to have a jam session and instead of real instruments they all have I wrote, I wrote these they're, guys. They're all adorable. playing like air guitar and. No, it's not even air guitar is one thing. Stuff. It's tennis rackets. I like was paying attention. It was tennis rackets, hairbrushes as microphones. Mm-hmm. Like in ten, well, in 10 years, you couldn't go pick up like a karaoke machine or something. <laughs> Here's an air or just learn how to play. Yeah, like that was, oh, I was, I'm like, this is dorky. Like, this is bad. We get our first glimpse of Eddie, who's supposedly was Nick's best friend. He's outside the window. He's like, oh, nerds, because he can hear them all jamming like they, they do every day, every Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, and then he sees them. Oh, 3 p.m. rather. I'm sorry. Please excuse me. Um, and then sees them 
and he gets pissed and leaves. Um, then Nick decides he wants to walk to Hannah's and go Caesar. Uh, he's like, oh, it's still the same amount of steps from my house to yours. And she's like sarcastic with him. And she's like, that's how you wanted it to be. Every, you left, everything else stays the same. So you can just come back and hop right in. And she's pissed because she goes, why did the Anna girl in your story have to be a homely hometown girl that gets left behind? Nick was like, it wasn't you. And she comes with receipts and points to the page and paragraph yeah. that mentions something very close to what she page went 44 through. third paragraph faded blue sadness of a roy orbison song yeah she she did some direct quotes <laughs> brought receipts back with you nick yeah. then tells him that he just wrote it and when he went to go change all the names the publishing company wouldn't let him which is the biggest That's- load of fortune i've ever heard in my life like, why wouldn't they let you change a name? Like, is Anna that pimp of a name? So, Ray pulls up. Big cat, behind Anna Catalano. How do you say that name? <laughs> Chevy Silverado. No, not Chevy Silverado. Cataldo. Big cat. Cataldo. Cataldo. Okay. You can say it either way. Um, Chevy Silverado, <laughs> you go. Like, I don't know how to say Chevy Silverado. He has, like, a Suburban or something. Like, a nice car. Um, and he pulls up and he walks around Nick and kisses Hannah. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the jams. I heard it from a friend who. Heard it from a friend who. Heard it from heard another. You were messing around. around. I go, no wonder the show was canceled. The music budget was enormous. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> on the run, baby. <laughs> Oh my god it was reminiscent of when they used to do miami vice and they would do instead of like they would be like all right it's just, like it's 43 minutes long but 13 of it's going to be like music videos and it would just be like people driving and like <laughs> phil collins would be playing for like a whole song it's kind of like what this was it would just take like big music jam breaks so nick goes over to owens he's gonna pick him out pick him up and they're gonna go out night on the town he's giving his kid a bath and he's just like standing there watching it. I'm like dude what are you doing but then he realizes that he's missing out on like a family life and that people are further ahead in life than he thinks that he is i almost think well you know it's funny because i think a lot of small towns are like this because i had thought i'm like well they're 28 because it's been 10 years and he was 18 in the beginning there i'm like it seemed kind of young for people to have a couple of kids and like a failed marriage and stuff already but i guess not like a lot of small towns are like that whereas if you live in the city more you're a little more it's more so when you're older i think yeah i mean these people probably got together in high school or right after right. settled down so yeah. you don't really it's just proximity relationships yeah um so uh at the bar he's talking to uh nick's talking to aubrey and mouth from glee um no not from glee from one tree hill Oh, sorry. Mouth from One Tree and Hill. Minkus from Boy Meets World. What? Minkus from Boy Meets World. Were you not a Boy oh. Meets World fan? Is that ahead of your time? No, I just didn't watch it. It was like oh. right in my wheelhouse. So I just yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my thing. Um, and they start talking about the ending and like what it meant like philosophically and stuff. But then Nick spots Eddie across the bar and decides that it's time to talk. And they get like sassy and Nick is trying to like keep David from making jokes about the bartender. Cause Oh, I she's think he's little... doing her. I think he's do Eddie's doing her is my guess. I was definitely getting that vibe. Cause he's like, 
when he defended don't her. Don't judge her because you don't know what's on the inside of, of her. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go get him some shots. So he's like, have his shots with a bartender and stuff. Yeah. Then Nick turns and can, uh, David turns and confides in Nick that he had sex with Owen's wife. Because Owen said he had to go hang a rat. I got to hang a rat. I go, does that mean pee? I didn't even know what that meant. I, I, I don't know either. I, I, don't I was know. like, I don't want, I don't know where that man went, but that's what he said before he departed. Across the bar, they see Eddie getting in a fight with Mouth. I'm just going to refer to him as Mouth. And uh, the Mouth kid ends up knocking out Eddie yeah. uh, when Nick has to come over and break it up. Cops come to break it up, and uh, Aubrey across the, the chaos gives him a slow goodbye wave. Yeah, a little gaze. Well, it is weird that, it, uh, did you find it weird going back to um, David for a second, Icky? Um, that that what that like straight laced wife of Owens would do it with him? Rocket. Like, <laughs> like I just was like, really? Like, yeah. In the beginning, when they first met, and she walks away, yeah. Nick's like, "Wow, she's hot, huh?" Oh my god! Like, oh yeah. What? <laughs> so you don't remember that? Weird. No, that's oh, so. It was outside a coffee shop, but she walks away with the kids. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So Nick knows the cop. And uh, gets him out because the cop was his wide receiver. And apparently Nick was the quarterback in high school. So he's like, just get him home. Uh, On the ride home, Nick uh, confides in Eddie that he left for a grand adventure. You know, he's trying to tell him why he left. But Eddie's passed out drunk. When putting Eddie into his bed, he goes, I really miss you, man. And then he kind of falls back asleep. Then he wakes up and goes, I can never, ever be friends with you again. And passes back out. So we still in this episode never, I mean, we've kind of figured out he wrote about a few people, but he must have really like torn Eddie to shreds. Yeah. No, apparently when they were talking earlier, Owen says, you know, I wasn't in there that bad. Uh, I wasn't in there in the book that much, but you really did a number on on Hannah and Eddie. Yeah. Which (sighs) I don't know. I feel like Eddie's like a typical townie and that's kind of why he gets the focus and like all like the... Like, yeah, it, it, he painted them as just schmucks that are never going to like yeah, leave their town Just go into the window business and that's... Like, yeah, yeah, you know, just shoveling molts outside. Yeah, yeah. Nick uh, goes to leave and he sees Hannah kissing Ray and starts seeing flashback. He stumbles upon Hannah's son delivering papers. Nick asks him what he's... Like, what are you all doing this early? He goes, you know, my mom told me to get a job that builds characters. He goes, hey, you know, what do you think of your mom's boyfriend? He goes, he's okay, but he always screws up my lunch. And he goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, yep, well, he did it again. He's looking at his bag. He says, yep, made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I'm allergic. And there, (laughs) everything hits because earlier in the episode, like I said, he says that He's allergic to peanuts. Every every male in the family has always been allergic to peanuts. And then it kind of shows him driving away, but then cuts the black. Yeah. So all in all, I would say that some things to me were obvious, kind of the way they were going to play out, but still well done. Like I still found like a lot of like delightful surprises, like like the guy, like the shut in and like 
even that like icky being like i screwed that guy's wife like some of those were like kind of like intermixed because a lot of this is a lot of common storytelling you know like the return home again now we have to make up with our friends and our girlfriend like that happens a lot you know what i mean but i thought some of, of course was- yeah but it was interesting enough where i could see these plot lines playing out and that these characters had developed since last time they all met and there's a bunch of laundry to be hung out to dry mm-hmm. and everyone has secrets stuff like that it's going to be interesting uh, how if nick decides to stay gonna go into the fold because he's supposed to be leaving now and and going home well he does say like he says to i think i don't know agent who it is exactly like oh there's more adventures to be had here so it's like what i think i think that he starts dating the brunette aubrey but then eventually like reconciles with the old girlfriend and i think the kid is for sure gonna be his but she doesn't want to tell him or anyone else so she like concocted the story about this grad student from bc either that or it's like eddie's kid and they don't want to like she doesn't want to like ruffle feathers with that Mm -hmm. um and like can i just say something and this is not gonna sound very feminist of me but if you were a broken-hearted woman and your boyfriend went off on like this adventure and broke up with you and then like you got pregnant we're having his baby like would you call in like hopes that he would return like why would you just like brush it under the rug yeah so apparently like it's just they don't know like they hasn't come out or they haven't just told him anything but like i'm saying like if i was pregnant and like okay let's pretend it is nick's baby i'm pregnant now you left roughly three months ago before i found out i want you to come home because i was i was your girlfriend i'm just gonna like let 10 years go by and not call and mention like oh yeah i would be pissed i would go over to your parents house and be like what the fuck yeah i would call and be like you need to come home sorry about your fucking peewee's big adventure but (laughs) Like, like i just thought that was like that maybe you're right maybe that is why she has to be like a little more tough because that's kind of a that takes a lot of balls yeah, I know. And it, it just like, I don't know. Maybe it's because she was 18. She was young, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I it's, mean, that's definitely it's part tough. Of it. like, like, what did her parents have to say about it? There's like nothing that adds up. Right. It's just kind of a weird plot point. But the thing is, this show makes it easy to just swallow and look over that. Well, because you'll see, like, if you ever watch that movie Forever, My Girl. What happens is the guy, I'll just tell you the damn movie because I know you're not going to watch it. The guy leaves on their wedding day and he's becomes like a famous country singer and he doesn't come back for eight years. And then somebody dies. So he comes back, but he was like messed up when he was a country star, like was doing drugs and drinking too much. So she and like his father decided, like they tried to tell him at one point and he was so out of it. He didn't even know. So they decided like, oh, it's for the best interest of the kid. In that point, it makes sense. Here, it's like, I don't get that. It's not like Nick's some, like, schmuck. You know what I mean? Like some, He seemed like, like a good guy when he was leaving. You know yeah, what I mean? he seemed like a pretty nice fella. My predictions was Eddie and Nick become friends again. Aubrey and Nick hit it off first, and then Hannah comes into play later. We were on yes. the same page yeah. as that. Uh, kid is his. I put it in parentheses, obviously. Um, I wrote, he helps Mouth write a book. Uh, because oh. Aubrey said that mouth was like the next big thing to come out of there, that he was really good with words and stuff. Um, Owen finds out about the affair and causes the group to split into two sides. Yes. 
that was something I had said. I said, I think these little jam sessions are going to be like coming to a halt because they're going to see like, we actually don't really have a lot in common. Like our morals don't line up. Like our ambitions don't line up, you know, stuff like that. Um, I wrote, Eddie is dating the bartender, obviously. Mm -hmm. And because there's only two seasons, I wrote, if this ended on their note, he writes another book that's a follow-up to the first one. It has a happy ending for some of the characters. Even though we learn when he's talking to Aubrey that the main character died. Oh, I missed that. Oh, Because of the peanut allergy. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. And then lastly, he becomes a professor at that college teaching uh english english lit um i didn't even get that far into like his career i just thought big cat is gonna prove himself to be a big douche and so <laughs> he won't even be in the last episode because he was just so weird um i, I always find shows i kind of end it on this saying that i always find shows like this to be compelling because they just drop everything and stay in their hometown until further notice and it's like from a logistical standpoint, is he stay, still paying like New York City rent? And I mean, to come home for the weekend, he only probably packed like three pairs of underwear. Like, is he just going to stay with like the weekend's worth yeah. of clothes? Once again, I- he is just, <laughs> he knows how to get things done with a small amount of stuff that he brings yes. with him. <laughs> He's been used to just living out of a backpack. Um, the overall, I really did like it. I mean, we poked a little bit of fun, but I actually really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think this is one of, my favorites that we've watched so far yes uh it's just because i feel like i um just watched like not only just like my life but um (laughs) i i I just connected to it obviously it takes i just you know i saw a lot of my friend group and that friend group and i saw uh, you know i just related to it very quickly um as i'm sure most people within my age range would especially that live in you know east coast um or maybe some middle America. So it's very feel good. I mean, I mean, especially now with like, when you think back, like, oh God, we wear these masks. We can't go near people. Like it's very quaint. It, it reminds me of like a time that you miss. Yeah, absolutely. 2007, 2008 were peak years for, mm-hmm. for the Joe, the Joesters. <laughs> so good times. make sure to stick around for episode two. Let's hope we like it as much because this always happens. So like, we like one or the other, and I hope it goes good and I hope it has a decent ending. So yeah. stick around, catch us uh, on next Tuesday. We're going to be talking about what happens in two seasons for these folks. And I'm excited for it. Follow us uh, at uh, spoil everything pod on Instagram, go to our website. Uh, we spoil everything.com. Courtney did a fantastic job. You can listen to the episodes on there if you want. Uh, but thanks for following along. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>